to Getting to the Truth in His Art. I'm Rob Lee, and this week I have the pleasure of interviewing Unique Michael of Black Cotton Candy. Did I get that right? Did I get any of that? Yes, wrong? you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> Great. Uh, welcome to the podcast, um, and thank you all for checking us out and listening. So, yeah, um, Baltimore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I want to, um, again, thank you for coming on. And um, I want to kind of like get into it. Put me on. Uh, Black Cotton Candy, I think I want to start off there. Put me on. What are some of your influences as a, I believe you guys are, are, are tandem, right? Yes. So what are some of your influences, if you could speak for, or, or just what are some of your influences as an individual? Hmm. Well, so Black Cotton Candy is is wild because it is... It was a music initiative, but it's also an arts and wellness initiative. So we actually pull from a number of influences. It's kind of like the umbrella of everything that we, you know, do artistically and um, educationally, so to speak, in our life, for real. So um, as far as I'm concerned, a lot of my influences just as an MC and a poet um, were just growing up here in Baltimore on the scene um, as a young, uh, as a youth poet in the early 2000s, you know what I'm saying, pre-Grape, voices, pre-all that. Um, and hip hop, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, studying, you know, back in the day, you know, we just had your CD player riding around on the bus. You had a lot of time to think and study people and what they had, you know, their thoughts and how they articulated their thoughts and all of that. So I was listening to Most Deaf and Quali and Common and you name it, The Roots and uh, Jean Grey, MC Like, like just the whole gamut, but also just a lot of my poet friends, uh, my poet homie, Kenneth Morrison, Ken, uh, excuse me, Kenneth something. Um, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of the local homies that was here love the poet, um, Archie the Messengers, just all of the folks that I grew up with, like watching, like become these like, you know, bigger than life Baltimore uh, celebrity folks, if you will, international, national folks. And then, um, you know, just leaving home and going away to school and living in New York and all types of places, Cali everywhere. Like you pick up a lot of influences along the way too. So I think with just the vibe that at least we're going for musically, Sure. Um, we, you know, there's the influence of just experimentalism. I think that, you know, we learned a lot of that just being like out in Oakland and shit and just like, I'm sorry, can I curse? Is, is that uh, right? Absolutely shit and all okay. of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> or is that, no, um, just being out there and just being able to just be your whole full self and like experiment with some things. Um, just play around with music, play around with beatboxing, you know what I'm saying? Growing up yeah. listening to the roots, it was like Rozelle and Scratch and all of them homies. Like I just love doing that. Yeah. Um and putting that in the music. And then uh Diesel, she's a very talented lyricist and songwriter and singer, melody queen. So, you know, we could we combine those forces and then, you know, we just create the magic that we create. But it's really just a lot of performance elements, a lot of just fun, funky 90s boom bat meets like <laughs> Afrofuturistic type stuff. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hell yeah. I was just like, all right. I, I don't like, I think when I reached out initially, I was like, all right. I, I like when I can't really put something like in a box genre wise. And I was like, I'm not really yeah. getting that from this. I was like, all right, cool. Now this has my attention. That's that's kind of one of the things, but it's always, um, I think, interesting to to listen to the the folks involved. And it's like, so how do you define it? And then it's like, okay, we're, we were kind of on the same page. We're kind of on the same page. I, w I wasn't missing it. It wasn't going over my head. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of both. It's like our intention is to 
meet people where they are, but also take them a little further. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, you know, people right now, like black artistry is at its is at a renaissance period. So if we're not doing something to elevate our communities and just our craft, like I kind of feel like we're just re recreating a wheel and like we got enough wheels on on the ground already. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? We, we can we can add some planes and some <laughs> so you know a too, lot too of many things. too many wheels leads to a traffic jam and I think in part I, I was trying to sound deep there but it was probably really <laughs> it worked though I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one of the things like in, in me doing this, like, you know, I've been in podcasting for 11 years, what have you, and just yeah. doing just snarky, do irreverent, all of that stuff, covering the weird news and all of that. And I want to say over like the last like maybe year, about a year, I will say that was when I had the uh, first interview with James Nasty. It was about a year ago. And Trump was saying really wild, vile shit about Baltimore. And I was like, yo, fuck this guy. Mm. And mm. My thought was, instead of me just having that anger and having, like, just feeling like, oh, you're not paying homage, like, yo, Baltimore is fucking fire. And I was like, let me start reaching out in a way of elevating, helping other people elevate their thing, having other people be able to tell what their story is and show that they're part of what makes Baltimore fucking dope, what makes Baltimore unique, what makes Baltimore. Yeah. So that's pretty much the genesis of doing this. Dope. Um, so in that, what would you say, how would you define like like Baltimore and maybe kind of break down a little bit the difference between East Baltimore and West Baltimore? Because I know a lot of people who are transplants who are not <laughs> from here. They come here, yeah. it's like, yo, y'all spec. Why are you acting like it's so different between East and West? I was like, because, <laughs> because it really is. <laughs> and you know, there's, there's so many, so many directions I can go with this. Um, so being a West Baltimore native, right? I don't need my East Side folks getting on me for this because you always got to preface it with that, right? Uh -huh. So it's a little weird, right? I'm going to just preface it with this too because now I live in East Baltimore and I live down the hill, so I almost feel traitor-like even saying any of this. <laughs> but being raised in West Baltimore yeah. is like a whole other thing because you have to understand that when Black people move from the South, so like a lot of like people miss the fact that Baltimore is an extension of the Bible Belt and it is a product of the Great Migration in many ways, right? Like, so yes, we had like freed uh, black folks here, but we also have folks that were moving from the South to the North, to Northern cities from like 1920s to 1960s. So like my grandmother was just right in the middle of that. She moved here in 1953 from North Carolina, sharecropper's daughter, like all of that, you know what I'm saying? So they were on the farms heavy, you know, she was 19. Like, I don't want to do this shit no more. Like, fuck this. Like, I'm, I'm gone. I mean, she didn't care. She was a church, church lady. So <laughs> like I'm out that's my interpretation of how she felt. Like, I fuck this shit, I'm out. Um, so her and her sister moved and they moved to Clifton Avenue, which is like not too far from Undama Mall yeah. in West Baltimore. And that was kind of the heart of like just black folks. Like we, because of the restrictive covenants in Baltimore City at that time, you had black people only living in the West Side. Like, we were not allowed to move east, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then white flight and deindustrialization, like all of those things in the 60s and 70s that broke up a lot of that uh, static, the so-called integration, all of that. Um, then people started to spread a little further, you know? Right. Same thing with my roots on my dad's side. Like, they're from South Baltimore, like down by where the Oriole Stadium was, and then moved to Fulton and Saratoga and lived there for about 35, 40 years, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm rooted in, like, West Baltimore straight up and then yep. from Park Heights. So I've seen South Baltimore and Norfolk, but like all West side. So it's just such a black, like inherently just dope culture that is just uniquely black in West Baltimore. Like I can't 
miss, miss that. I mean, unless you're talking about like South South, like Harold Park, Picktown, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Brooklyn, like all of those areas, Morrell Park, I got stories. But like, that's like, you know, <laughs> my, yeah, my dad would be like, yeah, you know, we would get chased out with bats if we was down here at a certain time type shit. But like, right. For the most part, West Baltimore was safe for black people. It was a haven for us, you know, Pennsylvania Avenue, like all of that. Like that was our Harlem, like 125th Street. So just that energy, that culture, that music, the movement, the church, you know what I'm saying? The malls, like all of that, like we were rooted in that. And like, the thing is, like, if you're from one side of town or the other, you don't really go to the other side like that. Right. Like people are very like, I don't feel like going over there. Oh, this dumb fall. Why don't you come over here? Like all that, you know, like. <laughs> And my family is no different, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I then ventured out and went to city, you know what I'm saying, which is in East, East Baltimore. I, I voluntarily took two buses to school in the morning every day for four fucking years, you know what I'm saying? And then I got to see it expand. So whereas a lot of folks that I knew never left the area, and if they did, you know, it was brief or whatever, like, you know, I was able to kind of see the different sides. But I think East Baltimore has a lot more of uh, a, the energy feels a little more like different over here in the sense that like it's where there's a lot, a lot more like uh, Central American immigrants and folks, uh, refugee folks over here. You know what I'm saying? Like people don't even recognize like how deep that culture is in East Baltimore as well. So it just, it's not like, it's not bad different in any way, shape or form. It's just different. You know what I'm saying? And then some, you know, we grew up with the perception of East Baltimore is dirty. Like, just all of these different kind of stereotypes we had. And then you hear East Baltimore people like, well, West Baltimore dirty. Y'all got rats? I'm like, nah, I ain't never seen no more rats. And when I'm over East, y'all got rat rats, okay? These big ass mother. So, like, we just do. But it's really, at the end of the day, it's the same shit. <laughs> no, you, you, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, I've been here for 35 years. I'm from Baltimore, born and bred, went to City College. Let's get it. Hey. And, and uh, Morgan State, the whole thing. And, you know, w- grew up over there, West Baltimore, like kind of like moved early. It was like West Baltimore, Argyle Avenue, then Lafayette Projects, and then like Towson after that. You know, mm-hmm. like Beaverbrook Road, Govins, that whole area. Yeah. So the yeah. majority of my life has been, you know, East Baltimore, Orleans Street on to, you know, Beaverbrook and all. And, you know, right now I'm back in East. I'm near Hopkins. I'm near the medical campus. And, just seeing like you're you're absolutely right. Like I haven't been able to you articulated that like like beautifully. I haven't been really able to put my finger on, you know, West Baltimore felt blacker. Like mm-hmm. spending a lot of this time in Mondam and spending the time around these like bigger houses and it's like older people there. It just has like a mm-hmm. different like vibe, different inclination. And mm-hmm. like over east, it's just I I don't know. It's just I I feel like people think it's like a class move or felt maybe it was a class move. I'm moving mm-hmm. here. Like the same way that people look at, oh, I'm going to move out to the county because I want to be around. Right. Right. It has, it has that vibe and that energy. And it's really weird to me. But the thing that I I, I dig, though, like that, that kind of corridor where Station North is, I think like a lot of different things converge, like the different mm-hmm. colleges and all of that. And mm-hmm. it's just like right there that's presented as like the beacon of all the creative stuff, but is mm-hmm. there, are there spots outside of that, that you feel like, or that, you know, have like, you know, it's a lot of creativity right here. A lot of, you know, artists that are right here that may not get the love that it should get because I think station North gets all the attention. 
Yeah. So what's wild about that is, um, like, I know, like, Lady Breon is really big and behind the official Black Arts District, um, essentially trying to breathe um, the understanding back into West Baltimore, like Penn North, that whole area, mm -hmm. Upton, Sandtown, all of that, to say, like, this is where all of that energy started. This is why a Station North even exists, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Because let's be real, like, 20 years ago, like, when I was just, you know, a kid here, like, North Avenue, like, that Motel 6 and all that, like, yes, like, that was not what it is now. And, like, and it's so ironic because I teach at Micah now, but, like, back then I just looked at it like, what is this random-ass, big-ass thing that don't nobody feel like they can go to in the middle of everything? Like, what is that? And then I think with the um, kind of merging, merging of, like, culture here of, like, there's a lot more transplant energy here, no doubt, now because Baltimore's kind of got that, like, vibe, like, you know, all of the big cities are too expensive, the New Yorks, the DCs, the LA. So people are starting to go to these second tier, like smaller cities, but not that small yeah. so that they can still get that vibe and still break off. And you, in, in a sense, depending on who you are, um, I've seen people use it for good where they're like, you know, understanding where they are and utilizing that art form and feeding back into the culture. And then I've seen people straight vulturize Baltimore and like yes. utilize the energy of Station North and all of that to get on and get a name and then break out to New York or be out and just all that kind of shit. And I'm like, y'all don't do that. Don't fucking disrespect us like that. But uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I've seen mad people after the uprising try to get on like that. And it really blew me to be honest, but I won't say names, but um, off yeah, mic, I, off I, mic. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm like, don't do that. But, and then out of town is doing it. Like, it's just, it was just weird. But all of that to say, I think everywhere in this city has talent. Everywhere, just budding. You know what I'm saying? We all just kind of live and breathe it. If it's not dance, it's rapping. If it's not rapping, it's art. You know what I'm saying? Visual. It's theater. It's, you name it. Like, they, we're just birthing people every day to do that shit. You know what I mean? It's poetry. It's all of that. But I think we have now, even ourselves, for the most part, see Station North now as this hub. And I'm not, I'm not an exception. I'm all, I, I, I basically lived there during the school year. Um, so, but yeah, like Black Baltimore, like, you know, I grew up with my, you know, grandmother and them, like having some of the best concerts I ever seen in my life right off North Avenue at Mount Zion Church. You know what I'm saying? Like right over by Carver and shit, like, that's what that's what we all get our spark from so we got to give props to just the homies around the way like to just doing what they do in every neighborhood like every neighborhood got somebody that's going off rampant right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, saying whether or not will they like blow up i don't know but like the, the 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 spark is there you know what i'm saying it just it's it creates itself because of the energy here like it's either used for creation or destruction but it's used for something <laughs> Yeah, and and I think that energy it, it has to be it has to be utilized, and I think you're right. It's either creation, destruction, but it's gonna be used. It's gonna be used. Um, and right. one, one of the things that I I try to do is been trying to kind of like create this whole like environment of like like podcasters. Like like I said, I've been doing it for forever, and I I never I'm never one of those people who say yeah this is the way you do it. I, that's not really my lane, but it's more like I know how to do this shit. I do that. I like I I'm at big every week pull up, let's chit chat, let's do it. And, you know, I, I think like that community element, sometimes it kind of gets really clickish and mm -hmm. some people ain't really jamming with it. And you have these kind of outsiders that are in, and it might just be 
that hub that I'm in, that, that hub that I'm around, like that, that, that zone in terms of like the different clicks and how that situation is set up. Like, I know that there's a, if you're from outside, you're not going to be easily just accepted. Like, Oh yeah, you're, you're one of us, but Mm -hmm. what are your, your feelings on, well, what are your feelings around like clicks in in Baltimore creatively? Oh man, this is wild. So (laughs) I'm, I'm a wild card. That's the thing. Like I've never really been like, too beholden to anybody's anything you know what I'm saying so like because when I left home you got to understand like it was like I was heavy in the poetry scene and like the poetry scene and the hip-hop scene here kind of like overlap a little bit but not exclusively sure um but you know then I left and then I come back so I leave home at 17 um I go away to college in Amherst Massachusetts you know way west you know western mass to be exact and um you know, I'm there doing that whole thing. So I'm away for four years. I'm away for six years, moving to New York, living in Brooklyn. Then I'm in Oakland for like three, you know what I'm saying? And I come back home 10 years later, like a few months after the uprising and everything. And like, I'm just like, who are all these motherfuckers? And who did they put in charge? Because like my homeboy, um, honestly, like, no, my uh, Kenneth, like, he was really essential and essentially breaking me back into the scene, like directly and yeah. being like, these are the players. These are who you need to know. These are the, uh, you know. So there's like Slamageddon and those folks who I love and adore. They're amazing. They're super talented. There's undeniable, just undeniable talent. Um, and, you know, they deserve every single prop that they get. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, just that whole camp. So I've been in the poetry scene. I've seen that whole world, right? Yeah. And then um, being connected to that, I also hosted a few open mics for a few years and would just see the different folks that would come through, um and you know so then there's like queer open mics and then there's like quote unquote straight open mics but then we mix it and then you would see who was down with who with that whole thing and then there is definitely a barrier of like you know that phenomenon with every artist like if you know somebody i mean you see the same motherfucker four times and they don't speak to you and in the one moment they know you know somebody that they know <laughs> then it's all love type shit. I'm like, this is fake. I don't give a f-. Like, so this is why I never really got too attached to any particular yeah. clique, you know what I'm saying? And then I kind of stopped being in a poetry scene real heavy just because I think me and Dee were just kind of becoming more online, like, and wanted to do more music-based sure. things. Like, I didn't really feel so inclined to be in the slam scene per se because um, I know Baltimore has a huge open mic scene, but the slam was what was getting a lot of our attention. And I just personally wasn't feeling that that was my move. You know what I'm saying? I understand that's other people's purpose. It just wasn't mine. I'm like, I am a poet, yes, but I don't necessarily feel like I need to get slammed poet. Right. Um, and then, because I did all that as a young person, I just kind of moved, you know, a little differently. It's okay. <laughs> and then, but because of that, I was like, there's freedom in that, in that I just wanted to do more music. And then me and Dee, Diesel wound up in the music scene. Um, and we started, you know, we were performing at open mics doing our music, but then we also just started being at the crown real heavy. And from being in the crown, you meet a lot of different type of folks. You meet, you know, we had version in one party, you know what I'm saying? Uh, with chaotic couture and true nature. And that was like our home, our hood. So I'm meeting different folks in the queer music scene. Well, the music, let me, let me be very clear. The music scene here is not divided by sexuality. It's not divided by gender. It's not divided by race. It really is, uh, pretty much very inclusive in a way that 
it's so weird because you didn't you then have to break down the scenes that are in the music scene and those clicks and now it's just endless it's endless because somebody wants to be a new stars born every day type shit you know what i'm saying right. and as soon as you got some instagram followers everybody want to be on your ass it's that um <laughs> and you, know, you get a little dead ass like that's how it operates so it depends on what hub or club or whatever you go to so then you have folks who at be civil you have folks who are going to the crown heavy you have folks who are you know, going to the center, GLCCB, which is now the Pride Center. Like, you have folks going to be free. You got folks going, you know what I mean? All of these are yeah. different hubs that kind of accentuate the clicks that happen here because it'd be a lot of the same people at the same spots and then you just kind of gel that way, right? Gotcha. So having been in that and then moving to the music scene and seeing a lot less poets than musicians, but then a lot of, and then the music, then the music scene is young dominant. So it's like everybody who's 25 and under, that whole thing. So then, you know, me and Diesel will be like, damn, we the oldest motherfuckers at this party right now. Like, this is weird. <laughs> like, like that kind of shit, you know? Like, yeah. so it's, it's, it's kind of wild being a wild card in it because I've seen so many different aspects of it that, um, you know, I just watch people be people. You know what I'm saying? I just watch people gas they self up, gas they homies up. And I'm like, this is great. I'm rooting for everybody, especially everybody black. <laughs> right. As, um, as well you should. <laughs> right. So it ain't no bad blood in my arena at all. It's just me saying that, like, I've just observed so many. Everybody is the big homie and they and they click. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind yeah. of the, the, the general gist. Um, but being at the Crown definitely showed me a lot around, like, clicks and who's down with who and who ain't down with who, who fucking who, like, all of that. So, but again, I'm keeping my mouth all the way shut because I ain't said nothing. It's going to be a great debrief afterwards. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, let's see. I got a few, um, a few questions, and then I got some rapid-fire, random-ass questions, but eh, they may have a slant to them. Um, so, I love this. So let's see. Um, and these these will be quick before we get to those rapid fire ones. Let's see. Uh, well, that's I'm gonna omit that one. That one is weird. Uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> what is a what would you say is a person, place, or thing? Any noun <laughs> related to Baltimore uh, that needs to be celebrated more, and one that needs to be fixed as far as maybe huh. most reputation. Maybe someone that's just like, yeah, this is the greatest motherfucker ever. But it's like, not really, not really. He's all right. She's all right. Who else? Huh. Hmm. I think our um people need to give us our props on our club music worldwide, yo. Like real talk and like our history in dance music scene, the house music scene. Um, Baltimore has a legacy. Like if you talk about the paradox alone, like people need to know that that existed. People didn't know that was like the longest running club in the one one of the longest running clubs in the history of this country and the world that was house, you know origins you know black music is house music and vice versa and the house culture in baltimore i think doesn't get enough credit in baltimore like house is a, its own clique you know what i mean house heads and like i'd be all at all the house uh deep sugar parties and the, the uh, labor day house music yeah. festival and all of that you know and that's a big intergenerational it'll be thousands of people at that festival you know what i'm saying and you know just getting our life for six seven hours you know like <laughs> And it's brilliant. It's beautiful. And like, I think people talk a lot about like New York in-house and Chicago in-house, but they do not give Baltimore our props. And I know we have a huge legacy here and a lot of even in EDM music, like so house and the club music transition and all of that. Like you hear that in all of the music now. And it like blows me that we don't get enough credit for that, honestly. Um, that's so real. that's one. That's real. Um, 
And then two, uh, I think I'm so sick of our reputation being so stained and tainted um, as though we created it. <laughs> yes, we perpetuate it um, <laughs> in the sense that we are not fully aware of who our oppressor is. So we take that oppression out on each other in many ways. And this is what I was saying about the creation versus destruction energy. And that if you don't funnel that energy and channel that energy into something, it is going to be toxic. You are going to have toxic conversations and relationships, which, which lead to violence and death and, you know, the game and the nature of the game and all that, of course. But like that doesn't affect every person in Baltimore. And this is what I need people to understand. Like I have micro students every single fucking year who come here and I challenge the bullshit that I know that they have been implanted when they hear about Baltimore. And these are folks coming from even Maryland, coming from Illinois, coming from Cali, coming from China, Korea, like they all hear the same shit about Baltimore and that it's dangerous. It's violent. It's, it's, you know, I'm scared that to walk down the street, I'm scared. Everybody's homeless. Like all of this shit. And I'm like, what are y'all hearing about? We have a like, bad publicist. <laughs> like real bad. You know what I'm saying? And like people who want to like put their name on us and ain't been here, ain't lived here, don't know the structural damage that we endure every fucking day that we've normalized. You know what I'm saying? And we still wake up every day and do the shit that we got to do. You know what I'm saying? And still be creative and still be a functioning fucking person halfway <laughs> you right. know all of the shit the mass incarceration the addiction the you yeah, name it like <laughs> right and we're still here and like when i would leave and go to school people are like oh um you know oh my god you're from baltimore how are you alive type shit and i'm like don't fucking do that like we're not all walking down the street and people getting shot all the fucking time please stop this like stop watching the news please it's trash like they're trying to paint a portrait that doesn't exist you know <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's working. <laughs> and, and that's and that's one of the things like uh, and this would be the last question. And let, let's try to keep it to let's keep it to maybe let's keep it to like maybe a few works. I think it's going to be interesting. How would you describe the leadership in Baltimore? <laughs> what leadership? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so here's and it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, I. I I, like I said, I'm a reverend. I try to make everything into a bit. And I, I just remember back in like January when all of this goofy shit was going on town halls and all of this stuff. And I think it was like that Ravens playoffs game and what have you. They got like, they took that L and I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch this town hall and I'm going to watch this bullshit. Cause I was like, it's mm. bullshit. And mm -hmm. I'm sitting there and I have a very specific, I'm always very neutral on eh, righteously. This seems right. And I was like, all of you fuckers are just talking. I don't mm -hmm. hear anything that makes any sense. And mm -hmm. I was just on my literal like soapbox, even until now. And people were like, why don't you run? I was like, I can't run for anything. I smoke too much weed. And <laughs> my podcast has been problematic for fucking 11 years. So <laughs> it's not going to work. Um, so let's, let's get into the kind of random Baltimore-related questions. These are my most Baltimore-centric questions that I have right now. And Beautiful. And we'll do some shameless plugs, and I'll give you back the rest of your afternoon, evening. Um, all right, with it. All right, favorite snowball flavor? Because I've seen you. I've seen you on the gram getting it in with the snowballs. Come on, man. A custard, hands down. There is no better. They got okay. snowballs across the street from my house. I lit. I peeped that. <laughs> I haven't gotten my first one of the season yet. And yep, check it. When I was at um, what was it? The uh, the train station. I was at um, fucking like uh, Penn Station, and somebody had like the the wild. It was like um, art. It was like Artscape, and he had the snowball truck there. 
And me and my co-host, we go there and we both get egg custards. And someone's like, what the fuck is the egg custard? And we <laughs> we broke that shit down out of being full Baltimoreans. It's like, here's the etymology of a Baltimore snowball. And this is the flavor you should get. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's no, there's, every time I try to get another one, I just go right back. It's, it's years of this. <laughs> and, I, and I'll show you the quality and shit. We used to know, like, so back in the Lafayette projects, we never had the snowball machine. We used to sell frozen cups and we got the wild yes, cold kiss. Yes. Yeah. 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 My grandfather sold them joints out of, uh, <laughs> out of the basement of Fulton Avenue. They had a uh, row, row house. And you know, yeah. my mall size from Lexington Terrace. So, you know, they had hella frozen cups down there. <laughs> take that joint out flip it over it's like yeah it's like a, it's like an icy or something um oh. so let's see let's see um flats or drums <sighs> yeah I, I always go to drums first so drums <laughs> yeah dr- drums are like a microphone they're they're, they're easier <laughs> they're they're like a, a meat lollipop it's it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's what i'm for uh <laughs> Sex. <laughs> now uh answer this however you want to answer this this next one um favorite venue in in baltimore Ooh, the crown yeah, I, I hate i love to hate it and i hate to love it but the crown okay all right i yeah. mean that's, that's a place based on what you said earlier i was like i need to get to the crown more like i am literally like every friday up until this like fucking like plague or whatever that he unleashed upon us I was like down the street every day and I've never gone. I went up there one time and my man's embarrassed me because he's wild homophobe. I was like, yo, can you oh. be a normal character? Uh. Yeah, man, I can't be in here for this. I was like, all right, then I'm going back upstairs though. <laughs> yeah, he's he's in the wrong place. There's plenty of other straight clubs that will uh, cater to that. But that there, it's a, it's a zoo. And that's what I said. Like Baltimore's music scene is so diverse and it's always been that way. There's that whole corridor around north and charles used to have odell's used to have club choices that's just always been the energy around there so yeah if you can't get with that you got you gotta go but it's it's it's, it's wild it's like a it's a free zone <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm there for the spectacle that's what i'm like yo what's good what's happening here this is right. gonna be at least a story um, right you only have to go in like you can stand outside and get a whole vibe for like three hours <laughs> yeah i was like yo think these niggas eating sushi outside? what is happening <laughs> like, uh let's see um best crab cakes no 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 ooh no ooh, ooh uh crabs or crab cakes e- either one or both whatever you want to answer but i wrote down best crabs oh mm, both both because okay. um i like so I, I don't eat crab cakes as often as I eat crabs. You feel me? Got it. Um, but I, when it's crabs, I'll put it this way. When it's crab season, crabs. When it's not crab season, crab cakes. When it's not crab season or crab season, crab cakes anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, I had, to, I had to hit somebody. I tried to wise somebody up. I was like, yo, I'm from here. I'm not using OB in my crab cakes. I was like, that's for commoners. I'm doing something. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, and the thing is, it's like I'm, I might have stumbled into being a cook. It's like, yo, I'm gonna start smoking crab cakes. Y'all need to catch up. I'm over here. <laughs> Y'all enjoy that. <laughs> enjoy the dead man and that mustard and all of that nonsense. I'm over here, civilized. <laughs> no, it's uh, a whole. It's a vibe. I just, I love. We, we love eating with our hands. I don't know what the hell it is. And, but and yeah. This, and it's the thing. Like I was, I was on a um, pod last week, and um, the guy's like from Ocean City, and he was just like, yo, we've lost the structure of like normal conversation he's just like this podcast is basically geared to be like a crab feast where you have to be there you're getting in there with your fingers and you're talking to people and you know you're breaking bread or breaking shells as he put it 
And yeah. I mean, it's it's a thing. Like that's that's a very entrenched cultural thing in Baltimore, I think. Mm-hmm. And the last question I have, because you know we're we're on the same way when it comes to the to the black folk, I guess. Um, your favorite black owned business in the city? Oh damn! Put them on. Put them on. Put them on. It's like a shameless plug. Or your favorites? It could be multiple. I say it to be one. Man, so. This is crazy because I know a lot of local homies who do a lot of dope shit and they don't get the shine that they they deserve. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, I'm going to say that everyone's place on North Avenue. That's one of the longest, longest standing black owned businesses in the city. Um, And they got all your uh, all your favorite oils, all your jewelry, all your necklaces, all your uh, your sage, your crystals. (laughs) Yeah. All that they had. I got my nose pierced at everyone's place way before anybody knew that that. That that even happened there. Uh huh. Terra Cafe for the food and the vibes. Taste this for the food, um, and the vibes. Uh, <laughs> shit. Um, let me see. I got a lot of local homies that do a lot of dope shit, graphic design shit. My shout outs to the homie Sabrina, Mellow Vibe. You feel me? Shout outs to Islands Treasures for making dope ass crystal jewelry. Shout out to Beater Bay for making dope ass jewelry. Uh. Man, I could go on and on and on. Shout outs to Invisible Majority in their space up 25th Street, um, East 25th across from the Safeway. Um, yeah, shout outs to Black Hot and Candy making our body butters and juju sprays coming back with the quickness this summer for y'all ashy asses. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, well, since you, you've already kind of segued into it, it's shameless plug time. Let's do it. <laughs> Social media, all of the things that are pertinent, anything that's coming up, any events that you want to like put, I mean, I guess they're virtual events, I don't know. But anything that you want to um, speak on, here's your opportunity. Yes. So um, Black Hat and Candy, man, like we're um, this, so we're arts, music, and alchemy movement. This is not just one thing or the other. This is everything that we do. So we teach workshops, man. We, you know what I'm saying? We got some some really dope shit we're cooking up musically. We're about to start DJing. So follow us at Black Cotton Candy. That's B-L-K-O-T-T-O-N-K-A-N-D-Y. Again, that's B-L-K-O-T-T-O-N-K-A-N-D-Y. Check out our stuff on SoundCloud. We got three projects and a bunch of singles on there uh, that we released last year. SoundCloud.com slash Black Cotton Candy, spelled the same way. Um, my Instagram personal is only the loony. I do a lot of ridiculous shit on there, and my story is lit. U and I T H A L U N I. Again, U and I T H A L U N I. Um, our website coming soon. You feel me? Like, we got a lot of shit cooking up. Like, I'm telling you, it's only the beginning and it's about to launch. But yeah, we making body butters and juju sprays and the body butter smells like cocoa butter. It's like Palmer's, but a lot more real. Um, <laughs> you're going to want these. We used to sell these and then, and they would sell out. The juju sprays, energy cleanser sprays for a lot of these stink ass people out here right now, especially white. Spray them in the face with it. Yeah. Maybe catch it pace. I don't know. Like, yeah, we we selling those this week. They're on sale. Like, get, holla at us pre-order is happening. I'm here for it. That's that's amazing. That ass. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on, um, getting to the truth in this art. And, um, yeah, peace. Yes, thank yes. you so much for having me. This is great.